One, two, three, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Longkang Kitties Podcast. In this episode, we have got me, Dan Wong, a good citizen. We also have Angie Neo, the extraordinarily and weirdly talented uh, beauty among us. We have John, who's also weird, but weirdly unattractive. And we have got Jerry, uh, the old dinosaur among us. Uh, excuse me. Thanks, Dan. What did, so you, nice. what did you say to me, sir? <laughs> oh, I said attractive, not unattractive. Did I make a mistake? But most importantly, we have got a guest today, a very special guest, which we are very happy to have on. He's an author and a security guard extraordinaire. He's the outlier of outliers. He is Tech Yong, the author of Guards Gone Wild. And we're very happy to have him on the show today. Hey, Tech Yong. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm Tech Yong. Tech Yong, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, what is different uh, from you compared to the average boring Singaporean. Well, I like, I, I like to write. As far as I know, I'm the first security guard to write a book about my work experiences. Mm-hmm. You, um, you, you have been doing this for some time already, right? This uh, security guard business. You have been working as a security guard for, for how many years? Well, my first security guard gig right, started uh, back in 1999. And then I've been working on and off in this industry until 2017. How did you first get into the security guard industry? I saw an ad in the newspaper and thought it might be interesting. So I went for it. Was this it interesting? Well, at first it was, at first it was, uh, you know, new experiences and so on and so forth. It beats working in a factory, I'll say this, it beats working in a factory. Because mm-hmm. the factory work, right, production line work can get really, really, really tedious. At least, you know, security guards, they can walk around the place when they go on patrol and they can interact with different people from all walks of life. This will probably endear you greatly as a writer, right? I mean, uh, one of my favourite writers, Chuck Palahniuk. Did you know of Chuck Palahniuk, the guy who wrote Fight Club? Fight Club. Ah uh, yes. Ah yeah, yeah. So. He he advocates um you know talking to the common man and and drawing the story out of them as if uh, the writer is a sponge. Yeah, I do that when I work. And then how did you decide to get into writing? Ah uh, okay, that's a good question. Um, it's quite I, a, I, I, it's I quite a say- strange like transition, right? Like first you're a security guard. No no hold on. Yeah. Did you always have this interest in writing? Like so you were always writing while you were being a security guard, and then you just decided to publish your writings, or was it something like? After being a security guard, you feel like people have to fight, like, no more? You want people to know more about the industry? Well, um, as a, as a child, right, uh, I had an interest in writing because I enjoyed reading. But uh, afterwards, uh, afterwards, right, uh, the interest sort of, like, uh, you know, I, start, uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I started sort of losing interest until I started working uh, in the security industry for some years. I, I did say that at first, back in 1999, right, uh, the experiences that I had, they were interesting, but after a while, right, I got more and more frustrated with the job, and then I experienced a lot of anger. Anger at the way my colleagues were treated, anger at the way that I was treated. So eventually, you know, and then I started using writing as a therapy tool, you know, to deal with anger. Mm. And, you know, eventually they became short stories. Back in uh, 2010, around 2010, uh, when I was working at the department store, there was an incident that uh, pushed me over the edge. Oh, <laughs> right, and uh, that was when I decided, yes, I have to publish a book. I, I think it's my story, uh, when I mentioned that at a department store, a supervisor held a knife to me and threatened me. Oh yeah, I, I read something about that, yeah. After the supervisor threatened me, I went to the pro bono clinic, law clinic and got some advice from the lawyers there and then I wrote a letter complaint to the relevant department. And after that, right, after that, right, um, some of the sales staff working at the department store heard about it. So one of them went out to me 
and then he say, hey, 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 security guard, uh, you, 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 you write lawyer letter, uh. Uh, you can spell lawyer, no? <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, shitty comment. Demeaning, yeah. Hold on, there was also the incident where you said when you did the lawyer's letter, like several of your other colleagues were happy because he also pulled the same stunt on them, right? Uh, was that the, that one? Yes, that, that's yeah. the same incident, yes. Yeah, okay. So the book right is my response to the sales clerk, you know, sales assistant. I can spell more than lawyer. More than one word, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can spell longer words than lawyer. Yes. I know many, many words. I think this is a problem in, of Singaporeans in general. We are very quick to categorize people and throw people into one of these, you know, categories. Oh, if you're a security guard, you fit this stereotype, you're this and that. But actually, people are way more complex and more dimensional than that. For instance, um, before I came here, I took the liberty of, uh, of Googling you, sir, you know, and looking up your blog posts and your, <laughs> your various interests. And you are, you are certainly a very eloquent individual. You write eloquently. You know, your command of the language is good. And you have other extracurricular hobbies on the side, which are quite admirable. You know, you practice martial arts and things like that, right? Oh, do you? I, I do, I do. What kind of martial arts do you do? I travel to the USA to look for surviving students of Bruce Lee. Wow. And I picked out some jikundo from there. Yeah, that must have been an adventure. And then so. when I went to England for my tw- uh, on a two-year working holiday visa, I also went to a jikundo school to continue practicing. I'm not very familiar you, with jikundo. Did you, you, you meet like... uh, Dan Inosanto? Uh, no, no. I didn't meet anyone from the Dan Inosanto. I didn't uh, go to Dan Inosanto school. I met uh, this guy called Tim Tackett. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard of him for you. And uh, he introduced me to one of his uh, instructor, and mm-hmm. I stayed with the instructor, and then... Okay, okay, go, go, go. Since then, and in the UK, I went to this uh, Impact Academy, and uh, the founder of the academy was this British guy called Dave Carnell. <laughs> so, so when the guy put a knife on you, when the, when the loser put a knife on you, were you confident that you could uh, defuse the situation if he turned violent? Yeah, I was confident I could do something about him, right? But I couldn't, like, like I explained my book, right? He's a supervisor. So if I actually hit him, right, then I'll, then I'll lose my job. And possibly my license as well. But if he stabbed you, you would die. They don't really care. He's more important. He's a supervisor. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, go ahead, John. You were saying And then that. there was the... The conclusion of this story was that you were brushed aside, right? It was something like a... What, was, what did they call it? What did the management call it? They call it a personal problem. Was that the one? Uh, no, 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 that was another time. Uh, the personal problem thing, right, happened at the shopping mall where I was uh, threatened by delinquents. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this time, the, the, the knife-wielding supervisor, right, uh, they, they say that uh, they thought I complained only because they had been uh, high-handed with security guards. So, this so it was more like a personal vendetta. That yeah, something like it was a vendetta on my side. So, okay. But the fact that like he also pulled the same stunt on like some of your colleagues didn't alarm them at all like none of your colleagues stood up to help you and say like hey this guy is really legit crazy most security guards a lot of them sorry a lot of them they are in their 60s they really don't want any trouble at all they are very afraid you know like they are very at that age right they are afraid that uh if they make any waves they'll lose their job they'll lose their license they'll lose their livelihood right so understandable so what uh going back to the book a little bit what has been the response to the book so far like do you do you know the book is actually self-published right oh um, it's self-published yeah and where can we find the book if like, we want to get the well book? Uh, the book can be found at our selected times and kinokuniya bookstores okay uh so the book is God, guards gone wild guards gone wild yeah, yeah. Right. I found mine at the Takashimaya, the Kino, yeah. Or oh, the, the, the main store. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. the Liang Kot one got or not? Liang Kot. Uh, Liang Kot sure. also have, but only two copies. 
<laughs> I think I think they store they 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 put out like uh, two copies at the those side branches uh you know like uh Liang Court and then there's Bugis Junction two copies each. Yeah. So what has been the response like so far? So far, I had I received one positive review. I, I actually sent a book for review right, uh to the Singlik station. A writer working there gave me I think quite a positive review. Yeah. He compared my book to Kitchen Confidential. Never heard of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Anthony Bolain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that kitchen confidential. So that's that's a compliment of the highest level. What about the general man on the street? Like, have you gotten any um, feedback from those? Not really. Not real. Not. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait. Um, a fellow security guard did write to me and say that he loved my book. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a fellow security guard. So, but then other than that, uh, not much. Not many responses because um, there are only like uh, seventy copies out there. How many copies do you print? Um, five hundred. Okay, yeah. I'm just like professionally curious because we I, I do a lot of publishing as well. So I was just wondering like what is the scale uh one would do if you were to you know I wanted to print less, but then apparently yeah, printing less would cost more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that so. that's the scale of things, which is really annoying sometimes. Jerry should know. Jerry also published his own book. <laughs> I've done it twice. Probably gonna do it again. Uh, how many copies did you do? Yeah, uh, same five hundred copies. Yeah, yeah, I think any less than that doesn't make any sense whatsoever commercially. Uh, it doesn't make sense for the printers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for printers. Yeah, I was told that as well. They mm. they have to print at least five hundred copies, otherwise. Because yeah. once you run the machine, like you know, it runs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no shit! Oh no shit! Of course the machine <laughs> runs. Before we jump runs. into some of the more interesting stories or the deeper issues, right? Can we just like do a very quick role play so that the audience will get an idea of how difficult is it to be a security guard? Shall we do that? So right now, right, imagine, right, the four of us here, okay, oh. are like juvenile delinquents. We are like 16 to 17 year old, you know, abings. And then we are like fucking drinking at the the, the condominium or what that you are guarding. Okay, just imagine, okay? Okay. okay then we will role play as the as the Sigina. Then you will role play as the security guard on the spot, okay? Alright, I'll, 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 I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, old man. Quasimilan叫。哎,我们在喝喝酒你,像那你不要不要,你你叫什么叫?走开啊。哦,我不是特地来看,特地来看你们的,啊,这condominium有condominium的规矩。这是规矩,规矩是什么?规矩,规矩
maybe you know like uh, in those Angmo movies you see private security guards uh, manhandling the suspect you know in unlocks whatever but if we actually did that in Singapore right uh, we could lose our license so actually that's, that leads me to a question I want to ask I mean we've always seen in fact I do have some friends also when I was studying in uh, overseas they were actually trying to get into law enforcement but in order to get into law enforcement they have to take exams it's not like a usual go to police academy and graduate and become a police officer they have to go to a police academy get a police certification but they have to still uh, apply for jobs at a police department somewhere else so a lot of times they actually become security officers and obviously in North America uh, you, you can you're allowed to be armed so a lot of security officers are armed but they also do have like some powers to detain because they are hired by the property owner they have some powers to detain or to arrest or to use a certain amount of force to drive off um, people who might be trying to break the law or just come in to vandalize so in Singapore, right, security officers, with the exception of, can I name Atos? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> right, probably not related. To you. Like for Atos and maybe Cisco, they are the ones we are who have the kind of the, the the police uniform. They have some arrest powers. But what about normal security guards? Like, what what exactly can normal security guards in Singapore do? Okay, that's a that's a good question. Um, when we were taking our course, right, to, be, to become security guards, we were told that we have the power of citizen arrest. Mm-hmm. We can actually, in theory, in theory, we can actually detain people but in practice in practice right like uh, what I mentioned in my book you know back at the mall when I tried to stop uh, those juvenile delinquents from soliciting donations from the shoppers mm. so there's this story can I just jump in okay. like, because there's this story where he found like some juvenile delinquents soliciting money with like a fake church right like and he was saying that uh, you were saying that you, you did some research and then you found out like the church was actually there's a similar sounding one but then they added like an extra word in front of it so that you know no one would actually find out that it's fake or something. Ah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's 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 the incident. So what happened is like, uh, when I approached them and tried to negotiate it with them and try to ask them to leave, what happened was that they threatened me with violence. And when I complained to the management at the shopping mall, you know, they told me, "Oh, it's your personal problem. Don't break. Don't get us involved." The fuck. <laughs> so, so, okay, so in theory, right, that's, we have the power to detain suspects, whatever, right? Okay, fine, that sounds great on paper. But uh, if you actually go do that, right, and if the management doesn't want to back you up, mm. then you are in a world of trouble. You will have to make enemies, and then where would you be? Right, right. And you mentioned yeah. that after you, you had the first run with them, you subsequently ran into them again at the car park or, or something, right? And they had more friends. Ah, uh, yeah, they called in uh, more friends. I think, they, yeah, yeah, I think they were preparing to at the time. <laughs> no, but in, in that situation, or in any situation, like say for example, if the property owner in Singapore doesn't want to back up the security officers that they hire, then what's the point of hiring prefer- uh, the security officers in the first place? It's more like a deterrent, right? Like, no, but if you're, if you're looking for deterrent, shouldn't you be putting these security practices into, in, into practice? Uh, I guess most people would be like once you come up to them and say, "Hey, stop that." Most people would probably stop. I guess. Like in Singapore, that's the assumption. Yeah. Right. We are quite we are quite obedient citizens, don't we? <laughs> I'm just I'm just like like thinking out loud. Like you know, if if you are theoretically uh, have legal arrest powers, citizens arrest powers, but only as a citizen arrest, but not as your professional capacity as a security guard. Then I think that also that's also included. That's also but, good. Yeah, okay. but it's actually the same, you see, because uh, the, the power to arrest right as a security guard right is mm. 
not much different from that of a, of a regular citizen. Right, right, right. I mean, we are not uh, we are not recognized as peace officers. You see, like I mentioned my book. Mm. That's why I use the term guard instead of officer. Right. So there's there's this web of politics, right, that surrounds your job. It's like at the same time, when things go wrong. You can be sure that the first person to be blamed is probably you. Right? Yes, definitely yes. But then when when you try to do something, and then suddenly all the upper management, right? They just they are their fucking testicle strings and their asshole clench, and then they just um, they just <laughs> willing to throw you under the bus, right? They're just like, no, we did not sanction such actions. This was not provided in the training, whatever, whatever, right? Is that is that would that be the case? Ah, uh, yes. And actually, it's interesting that you mentioned the phrase "ah uh, throw me under the bus" because that actually nearly literally happened once. Every time, every, <laughs> oh, everything we mentioned in this show is just like, hey guys, like <laughs> that, that happened, happened to too. me. <laughs> No, well, not 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 a bus exactly, but a truck delivery truck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was speaking uh, metaphors. <laughs> wow. Um, well, what happened was at that time, right? Uh, two th- I think that was around two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, after the night, just after the nine one one, and uh, we had a very gung ho, uh, very on the ball security manager, and he was going on and on like a uh, house security guards were the on the front lines, last bastion of security. <laughs> So and so forth, right? Uh, keepers of the peace and so on. And he said that, okay, we are going to implement a new rule, right? The delivery drivers delivering uh, the vegetables and uh, produce to the mall, right? We have to take down their vehicle number and ask them where they are going. But um, one of the one of the drivers, right, refused to cooperate with us. In fact, he didn't want to talk to us at all. So when I tried to uh, give him a written warning and put it on his uh, windscreen, right, he got mad. He ran back to his car, right, and he started the engine oh, and, and chased after me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then I jump. I I he he swerved to he. I think he tried to run me over. But then I jumped back on the pavement. And then as he was passing by, right, he laughed at me. What what's a with dick! All these, what's with Holy all these shit. truck drivers and their fucking aggro and trying to run down security guards and cyclists and? <laughs> well, actually, and then after that, right after that, I had a talk with uh, one of the senior chenpei uh, at the mall, and he said that oh uh, that driver you don't talk to him because. He's a superstitious person, and he previously, uh, he, he talked to some uh, feng shui t- masters, and they say that he sh- to preserve his wealth, right? He shouldn't talk to low class people. What oh, the fuck? Shit. Wow! So and that and he should like uh, to preserve his wealth. He should run low class people over. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That, that's that's something that that was that I was told at the time. So okay, fine, I avoid him. But see, okay, but the fact remained that uh, a truck driver did try to run me over as I was uh, enforcing my duty. So I complained to my manager, and my manager said, "All right, I'll bring it up to the board." And after that, right, uh, a few days later, he said that okay, now I forget it lah. Take on. Then I asked him why. Then I asked him why. I mean, like he really did. There's, there's CCTV evidence, you know, and he said that well, you know, like uh, the delivery driver right deliver the vegetables to the store owners, and the store owners are the one paying rent to the management. Yeah, you have to understand that's how the world works. So not only did you get almost run over by a truck, your management also just threw you under the truck right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like your faith in humanity like lessen and lessen after each of these um, incidents? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, did. That's why I wrote my. That's why I started write, uh, writing down those uh, incidents, writing down those stories that happened to me. You know, like even just listening to your story, I feel like a little bit of my innocence slip away. But I just in general, Singaporeans don't treat security guards very well. I think not just the management or or even people who have to interact with you because of work. 
But even just like regular folks, right? Just people, shop, like regular shoppers or regular people crossing the street, they just they just treat security guards like shit all the time, right? They, I mean, they refer to you as low class people, or you know, they think you're stupid or whatever. This is also a common occurrence for you, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, it is. In fact, right, one time I was working at a car dealership, and there was this a sales guy, right? He never once called me by my name, you know. And whenever he has something to tell me, right, he would just yell at me from right across the car park, you know. He would say, "Hey, uncle, uncle, what I?" Even though he like uh, at the time I was already in my late thirties and he's I think he just finished his NS so he's like ten years younger than me and he would just like uh, yell at me or that I, well I felt humiliated but what can I do? Security guards get a lot of shit and it's about to get even worse because in fact from first of January two thousand nineteen which is this year right so security guards who, who fall asleep on the job or who drink alcohol can be fined $2,000 or jailed for three months, right? Can you expound on this? Is this true? Ah, uh, yes, this is true. I received a notice myself about that from the licensing department. So you, this, okay. you actually wrote an article about this uh, on the online, online citizen, citizen, right? Yes. Yep. So, um, but so far, none of the people I know have been arrested yet. But uh, we are holding our breath, you know, because... Like, technically, if someone saw like a sleeping security guard, they snap a photo and they send it to whoever the relevant authorities, that particular security guard could be slapped with $2,000 fine or be jailed, right? Ah, uh, yes. That, that Don't do that, assholes! <laughs> I think, I think uh, there's this like, uh, online news portal, one of the journalists did do that. He went around to, I think, Tai Seng or whatever, and he took pictures of sleeping security guards. Yeah, I have a message for him, right? Do you, have you any idea how many hours security guards have to work every week? 72 hours. Okay, and some of us are forced to work 24-hour shifts, maybe four days, five days in a row. You try that yourself, and you manage to keep yourself awake during those hours, long hours, then fine. You come talk to us about us sleeping on the job. And like the worst thing is, it's also really inhumane. Like um, security officers are, or in or guards, uh, they are generally people who are like you say, like the haves and have-nots, right? Uh, like usually, most of them cannot afford to not work for three months. Most of them cannot afford to pay a fine of $2,000. A lot of them don't have like extra cash like that lying around, you know. Actually, and it's like it unnecessarily harsh and fu- fucking inhumane. One, like, one more important thing is uh, most likely if you get jailed for three months, you probably lose your license. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and, you will lose your license. Yeah, yeah and, and you, you can't may find never, work. You may never get into the security business yeah. again. And these people who uh, most likely have no, not a lot of other choices in life, they may have to at a very late age, go find another job, you know, start another career. Like, who the fuck, like, instituted this law, you know? Exactly, that's, that's actually what I really want to find out. And it's such a specific law. It must be, like, one of those fucking ministers who really have this thing against, like, sleeping security guys. You're like, hey, I'm going to write up this new law and then make it, like, go through parliament. Security companies, right, are agencies and uh, the, their clients, right, they, they are fine with making security guards work 12-hour shifts for six days a week, 72, that's 72 hours per week. And then if you add in other time we need to prepare to get to work and all that, right? Traveling time, all that. We stay out for like maybe 14 hours, 15 hours every day. It's no wonder that someone's fall asleep and they had to work, continue working again, you know. Yeah. That's why, uh, if, hopefully more people read my book and they, they can, so that they can understand uh, what security guards have to go through at work, you know. Perhaps once they understand the issues at stake, right, they'll be more sympathetic towards us. I can only hope for that. Do you guys remember the video that was released some years back of this security guy? I think he was at Cine Leisure. He was trying to chase away this guy that was uh, sell, like, taut, like selling uh, stuff outside the mall. And then they got into a fight. And then, so the guy that was selling stuff, he, he went into like this um, 
Muay Thai stance, right? And then the security guard went to this like Wun Chun stance. <laughs> and the security guard actually went, the security guard guy is like older and actually like kicked the guy several times before like other security guards came and broke them up. It was kind of strange, like it's kind of like a one of those really bizarre things that can only happen in Singapore, I think. That's why, that's why, right, uh, it's important to clear away juvenile delinquents when you see them at a mall. You know, if they are doing anything, anything illegal, like selling, selling items without, selling things without a license, you're supposed to get permission from a mall, right? Yeah. Because yeah. It's, a, it's a mall. There are tenants who pay good money to sell their stuff there. Those are uh, delinquents, right, who do that illegally. They should be cleared away at once when you see them. Because these people are gangsters, they tend to have, uh, they tend to feel territorial. Yeah. And once they, they think they are established at a certain place, right, it's more difficult to chase them away because they think it's their right to be that. They already peed on their territory. Ah, uh, yeah, something, something like that, something like that. They will think that, hey, this is our land, we're going to do something like this, you're going to kill us. Laila, Laila, something like that. <laughs> Secondly, right, the management should have come up with a better SOP, you know, like, uh, why, why was it just one single guard? You know, doing the clearing, uh, handling the the, sus- the 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 gangster. Why didn't the manager come down? Why didn't his colleagues come down, come to the scene to back him up? See, that's 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 a problem. That's an SOP problem. And if it's an SOP problem, right, then the problem lies to the management and the agency for not coming up with a better SOP. But that's the thing, right? Like, it goes back to the web of politics thing. When you really think about it, right, what do we really need security guards for? I mean, not to disparage your job, but in actual fact, right, most of the time, like Singapore is such a safe place. When I was in the Philippines for a short time, the security guards at shopping malls, right, have big ass silver shotguns strapped to their backs. That was like how serious it was. Yeah, yeah, no, no joke. At the, at you are the, serious about that, right? Yeah, I'm serious okay, about okay, that. Okay, okay, it's okay. at the shopping mall, mind you. Okay, it's not at like the airports or like the embassies or whatever. So before walking into the shopping mall, you have to go through metal detectors and all that. Because I think some members of their citizenry have uh, weapons. But Singapore is not so much like that. When we talk about the disturbances that security guards have to take care of, right, it's really just people taking off their pants and shitting in public, or you know, uh, little delinquents, yeah, or anti theft or little delinquents just trying to sell keychains and whatever. I mean, for all these things, right, you're, you're, we're not really talking about some hardcore SOP like we need twelve steps and then we need like to mobilize, you know, the the reserve or whatever. We really just need some guy, some couple of guys, you know, just radio to each other and say, hey, uh, we have this guy, we we need to work together to chase him out or whatever. Correct? Uh, no, it's not like hardcore stuff. It's really simple stuff. Ah, uh, yes, but then. According to the video, right, I, I have seen the video before, um, the fact remains that he was there alone at the scene, you see. So that means they didn't even have that simple SOP, you know, to, to radio for backup. Yeah. And the, actually that place, right, okay, okay it was in the lobby, if, if I, if I remember correctly. If, if it was in the lobby, right, then the person, right, monitoring the CCTV screens in the FCC, right, should have seen it. I think it was outside the mall, if I'm not mistaken. But from what I, from my memory, it feels like it's, it's just outside. You know, there's the big glass doors at Cine Leisure, right? I think oh. it's just outside, just in the in the foyer area. Hmm. I think that area also have, should have a CCTV camera. I've, I have shopped there before, so I think I vaguely remember seeing a, a camera there yeah, in, in possible, the lobby yeah. outside. I'm not talking about uh, when I talk about SOP. I'm talking about a complex twelve-step program, whatever. I'm talking about you know like how many guards should be on the scene to handle how many people. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he shouldn't. They shouldn't have let just one one guy, right? One lone he- lone ranger handling the the delinquents. What if there were ten? Like, 一个打十个吗? 
<laughs> yeah, this Don Donnie okay. Yen's on the scene. Ah, oh, yes. I, actually, uh, I look looking at the old uncle, he probably can eat a dust. You could dust. Yeah. Jack Yong, if I was a younger person, such as you, uh, in the security industry, would there be any chance of advancing my career? Could I, for instance, you know, uh, jump up to join a security agency, uh, you know, to work in operations or? Do you think I could do things like specialize, like you know, like if let's say I follow your path, I would maybe pick up some martial arts, get into a close protection program, and and learn how to uh, how how can I advance my career, or is this is this not an issue? I think it should be quite easy, you know. If you want to get if you want to work as an executive or manager, right, you you just need to get the relevant uh, certificate or diploma, and you can go to the SII. I think that that's where they have the training programs for security guards. Take the relevant courses, and yeah, then you can be that. Of course, you need you need a fair amount of exp- experience as well because you know to handle the manpower issues of security guards, right? Let's say they put like a uh, fifty men under you, right? It's going to be a huge headache, really. Mm. So you might need to work in the on the ground, right, for a few years first to get a feel of the industry. Do Do you think you want to do something like that? Not Not after the government announced these stupid uh, laws, you know. <laughs> I, I I really I really don't want to be the one to fuck over uh, my fellow working class men. So basically, the government cock block your career success. Oh, not not really. I mean, once I publish that book, this my book, right? I think I want to try being a professional writer. Mm-hmm. I want to give that awesome. shots first. Feeling that right, I will look for an alternative career path. Being working as security guard is what I do to uh, to earn a living, to make ends meet. You see, any any uh, books in the works right now? Can you maybe tease us a little bit, or is that like all? Hush, hush. I want to try. I want to try writing a an urban fantasy series centered around the SMRT system. Wow! <laughs> I, I got inspiration uh, during one of the breakdowns when I was stuck in the train for quite some time. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, like, how many of you have heard of this uh, board game called Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Angie yeah, yeah. here is a big fan of yeah. uh, some variant of it. She's oh. a ranger, I think. No, oh I'm a right. rogue. What no, the? Rogue. How she's dare you, Dan? I'm a rogue. <laughs> okay, so you know what Dungeons and Dragons, right? Okay, imagine if I got uh, MRT stations became real life dungeons, something like that. Oh wow, wow, wow! That sounds fun. And then the final boss is the five star general. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't go there. I don't, I don't go there. You know, like I don't, 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 don't spoil okay. the story, John. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there are no last questions, so this is tradition on the show. Every time we have a guest on board, okay, we will do a sort of a hypothetical situation. It's not we... just with guests on board, it's all, all the time. <laughs> okay, so we will, we will give a, a, like a hypothetical situation, and then you tell us how uh, you will react to it. Everybody will take their turn, uh, basically. I'll, I'll tell you guys a little hypothetical, and then you tell me what you would do if you it's are in this position. It's called dense magical moments. So imagine right now, okay, you're walking on the road, peaceful and calm day, BAM! You're dead. A car knocks you down, you are dead, okay? And then as you ascend, right, to the afterlife, God appears before you in all his radiant glory, and he says, Hey, you, you've done a, you know, you've got a good work ethic, you know, I think you've been, you know, you, you, you're a great person, I like you, you know, I think you should help me man the security for my heavenly gates. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the previous person who did has been doing it for so long And then he says, always says something about working hours, SOP So, you know, I got rid of him <laughs> And now you are the guy I want for the job So all you have to do is to guard my gate, right? And uh, you allow people or disallow people from entering heaven 
Okay, so you accept the job because you're a good person. And then immediately as you accept the job, right, Donald Trump appears before you. Amos Yee appears before you. Okay, and finally, Lee Sien Long appears before you. Who will you let in? Who will you not let in? And why? <laughs> uh, okay, oh my uh, god, this is the best magical moment ever. It's going to be a, a difficult question, right? Okay, take Yong, since you volunteered, you can go ahead and okay. answer the question first. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, first of all, right, um... Okay, Donald Trump, what, what would you do with him? Alright, actually... No, no qualifier, by the way, Magical Moments, no qualifiers. <laughs> Just hell, heaven, why? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. okay I'll, I'll answer like this, okay? I'll just let him in. The reason is very simple, because I don't actually, personally, I don't actually uh, hate him that much. And I don't think he's any... So this is Donald Trump you're talking about? Donald Trump, yeah, yes, we're okay. talking about. Okay, so Donald Trump into heaven, you don't hate him that much. Fantastic. How about Amos E? Okay, Amos Z, right? Uh, I think uh, a lot of people are saying he's a pedophile right now. He's right a now, and pedophile apologist. Apo- yeah. Okay, pedophile apologist, and he deserves to be burned in hell, right? But I mean, he's a young kid, right? I think he's doing this just for attention. I don't think he really believes that uh, he pedophilia is co- right. I think he's doing it for attention, just like he did with the Lee Kuan Yew video. I think so. I will just uh, let him in, but then I was I'll make a note, you know, like uh, he needs a probation officer. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has some trouble with uh, his uh, last uh, probation officer. I think he's, uh, who was a Christian, and then he went uh, went and said, "Yeah, went and said the, the officer abused him or something, uh, molested him." Yeah, molested him. Yeah. Okay, I'll pay out with the same uh, probation officer. You know, when the probation officer gets to heaven. Excellent. You know? Excellent. Is that is that the pun- is that a punishment for the probation officer? Though? Yeah, sounds like, sounds terrible. What am I stuck with this? I go to heaven and I still stung this guy! I thought it's supposed to be heaven, not is hell! It's heaven or hell! Uh, <laughs> no, what have you done to me? Okay, okay, then uh, he also has to finish uh, his schooling. He has to do his. Oh my god! He has to, he has to do his A levels in heaven, okay? Just, you, are, you are actually letting him into heaven by experiencing hell. Yeah. That's uh, great, yeah, I love like it. That. At least you know, I mean. Why should he go to hell, really, seriously? Um, I don't really like the government's policy, yes, it's correct, but I think everyone deserves a chance. You know, like, I'll, I'll, wow. just, let him, I'll just let him in, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say that, okay, you may not believe in us, but, uh, you know, we believe in you. Okay, so do good from now on. <laughs> wow. Something like that. Ray, okay, take that, me, you're a very nice person. The okay, little ray of The hope. demon of the group, who is Angie. Hey, what? <laughs> me? Donald Trump? Heaven? Yeah, you love Donald Trump. Yeah, he's yep. awesome. Uh, Amos E, hell. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Sien Long, hell. What the? Okay, that's that's that you need to qualify. Lee Sien Long. Donald Trump in, but not Amos E and Lee Sien Long. Why? Why not? Why? Why Lee Sien Long? I get, I get to like, I get to. I mean, Amos E, I can understand, but I want to know why Lee Sien Long. I just have a bias, law. I'm just biased. <laughs> okay. So just abusing your power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First day on the job, it's like God gave me God gave me the right to you know yes, yes, distinguish he, right. He, most certainly did, he didn't yes. give me any like qualifiers or no, like no, what anything. All, so all. it's really up to me. And if I can do that, then I'll just let the two of them go to hell, lah. Okay. All right, my turn, I guess. All right, Donald Trump, heaven. <laughs> I'll make him a saint as well. <laughs> <laughs> Patient saint of trolls. Yeah. Make oh. make heaven great again. I'll get him <laughs> to manufacture the hats. <laughs> It'd be a pearly white hat. Uh, M H G A. Yep. Mga. 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 Okay. Um. Amos E straight to hell. I, no. I, I, don't, I mean I don't know whether he's doing it for attention or whatever, but 
I think promoting such things is just uh, unforgivable. So yeah, straight to hell with you. I'll get the. I also put a note on him. <laughs> Make sure the devil right gives him extra pitchforks. <laughs> you know, just like poke him even a little bit harder. Um, let him get poked, lah. Let him get poked by other pedophiles. See how that feels. And then um, Lee Hsien Long. I'm not so sure about him. Can I put him in purgatory? <laughs> like limbo, right? Put him yeah. in eternal I limbo. I, I put him in purgatory until he decides to demolish the house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Oh, okay. Damn it. Oh, you didn't talk about change, that. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I should have gone second, damn it. Until he appears as a, as a spirit in front of his lawyer and demand the lawyer, right? Announce to Singapore that the house will be demolished and then after that, I'll be like, alright, you, you get back to heaven, you. So, somebody put <laughs> Put like Lee Kuan Yew spirit in in front of like Lee Sin Long and make him explain why he's not demolished the oh. house yet. <laughs> my right. son, why have you not carried out my wishes? <laughs> yes, okay. No, maybe. I'll, I'll put all of them in heaven. For Trump, he goes to heaven because that's where all the boring people go, right? All the interesting people are in hell where, where I'm going. So fuck off. Right. No, you're in heaven. You're the gatekeeper to heaven. Yeah, but I, I live in hell, you know. So I'm gatekeeper. I'll let people in. I just go, 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 whatever. But for Amos, I'll put him in heaven, but uh, Peter Val heaven because he looks still looks a little bit like a kid. So you know, <laughs> Peter Val heaven. Yeah, <laughs> let him go. Uh, like what John say, says. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't think the Peters are going to hell. They're going to heaven from all the Catholic priests and shit. Oh shit! Oh uh, snap, son. So you're going to send him to the Catholic section. I'm, I'm gonna send him to Pedophile Heaven. Alright, okay. Yeah, okay. it's NG like spilling drinks. <laughs> yeah, I just spilled tea <laughs> over myself. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Lee Zhen Long, I'm gonna put him in Sudoku Heaven. Let him go and play Sudoku his entire eternity. <laughs> Does he play Sudoku? Yeah, he, he actually made a software, a simple software to solve Sudoku puzzles on his free time. Seriously, go read go go Google. He he actually did that some years back. Oh wow. Alright Dan. This is tough. I think I will let them into heaven only on one caveat that they perform a sexual act on me. This is oh. just to feed my ego. Wait, what what would you ask Donald Trump to do? What would you ask Amos E and what would you ask Lee Kuan Yu uh Lee, Lee Sen Long to do? Uh Amos E must let me spank him. Lee Sen Long <laughs> must suck my cuckoo bird. <laughs> Donald Trump must lick my butthole. <laughs> Then they can go heaven. How come none of them are doing the dirty den? <laughs> dirty den is a solo act. Okay, lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you so much, Young, for joining us and for putting up with our nonsense and for giving us insight onto the security industry. Before we end this podcast, can you uh, just, just tell us, tell the audience uh, what is the name of your book and where you can find your book for sale? My book is called God's Gone Wild. Uh, it can be found at Selected Times and Kinokuniya, Kinokuniya bookstores. has a yellow cover with a picture of a red loudspeaker on it. Can we find it online for sale as well? Yes, if you go to local books, Oh, Local okay. books, right? Yeah. Uh, they have it for sale there. Local books are actually okay. We will post a link down in the description box below with uh, the link to buy the book. If you buy it via local books, right? Our uh, delivery is free. So yep. yeah, wow, nice. awesome. Nice, nice. Okay, let's do a goodbye meow. 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 Thank you. Alright, thank you.